Let there be transformation tonight. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's please be seated. Good evening, um, church. Hallelujah. Good evening, church. All right. All right, so we are welcome the, the conclusion of what God has started with us. Since Wednesday, I welcome us in the, name, in the name of the Lord. All right, so I'm going to share something very briefly with us. Then after that, I will ask us to please ask questions or please make comments or please make contributions concerning what we have discussed from Wednesday up until now. Questions, comments, and contributions. And then I have some questions I would like to ask you too, all right, to ascertain and to evaluate learning. Hallelujah. All right, so step one, I will share something briefly. Step two, ask questions or make comments. And then step three, I have, I have 14 prayer points that I want us to pray. 14 odd prayer points that I want us to really, really call on God, okay? And that's what we are going to do after the question and answer segment. All right, so we're moving right away. All right, so yesterday we learned that uh, the blood of Jesus is very, 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 very powerful. The blood of Jesus is very, very powerful. I will say that again. The blood of Jesus is very, 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 very powerful. There's power in the blood. There's healing in the blood. There's deliverance in the blood. There's salvation in the blood. There are greatness and a whole lot of other sweet benefits in the blood of Jesus. But look at it this way. Imagine that um, um, there's a mother and she has a daughter and she's traveling. And so she decides to cook for the daughter and say, my daughter, when you come back from school, there's food in the kitchen. Please take it in the cooler and warm it and eat. All right? And so the daughter came back from school and went into the kitchen and saw mommy's food and just was admiring the food of oh, my mommy can cook. Oh, look at fried rice. Look at chicken. Look at the whole lot of things that mommy have cooked. All right? He's very hungry. But he's looking at the food and saying, oh no, this food is so delicious. Oh no, this food is so sweet. And he's very hungry, but he has not taken the food to eat. As long as he's looking at the food, he will just keep getting hungry. Meanwhile, there's food, there's solution to his problem. Alright, so how do we appropriate the blood? How do we lay hold on the benefits of the blood? How do we convert what the blood of Jesus means and what the blood of Jesus have done in practical terms to our lives? I'll just give out three keys. There are many of them, but for time and what God will be doing tonight, we'll shorten it. Hallelujah. Alright, so how do we, number one, we must be born again. That's the first key. That's the first condition. To appropriate the power in the blood of Jesus, to lay hold on the benefits of the blood of Jesus, you must be born again. John chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 7. John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Can I say that unless one is born again, is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. There is an entering. There is a kingdom. There is the blood of the Lamb. He cannot lay hold of, of it. You must be born again. Verse 7. Do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again. You must be born again. God 
does not throw precious things to swine. God does not waste resources. You have to be his child to enjoy the full package. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. That at that time you were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. We are strangers. Those that are not born again, they are aliens, they are strangers, they are outcasts. When God is looking down, God is looking at them as people that are, they don't belong to me. They are of the devil. Jesus said that. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and his wish you will do. Verse 13. He said, but now, hallelujah, in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Christ. So that's the first condition. If we are going to lay hold on the benefits in the blood of Jesus, if the blood of God will work for us, then we must be his children. We must be his children. You must be born again. That's the first thing. The second thing, number, one, number two, you must believe God. Believe God. Faith. Faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I like the word the next verse now says. The next verse now says, For he that will come to God must believe. Wow. He that will come to God must believe. Must believe. Everything in our kingdom is by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. We were saved by grace through faith. That not of your words, lest any man should boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. So we got saved by faith. By faith, we got saved. Now, when we got saved, we entered into the kingdom. Now, in this our kingdom, to grow, we have to grow by faith. To walk, we have to walk by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. So we came into the kingdom by faith. We were saved by, by grace through faith. All right? And after we are saved, to keep walking, to keep walking and keep growing, it has to be by faith. Everything in our kingdom is by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like what verse 2 says. He says, by this, the helpers obtain a good report. A good report. Everything in our kingdom is by faith. We were saved by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. We walk by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We were justified by faith. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We were justified by faith. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, to appropriate the power in the blood of Jesus, you have to believe God. And you have to believe that this blood is potent, is powerful, it will work for you. So, let's bring it home. For example, you are, you are God forbid, alright, you live in the compound. And you heard that they are shouting, Ole, 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 Ole. And you're like, ah, that's the next flat. Oh. That's, it's like thieves are in the neighborhood. And not just in the neighborhood, they are in your compound. And you can hear the other flat shouting, Ole, 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 Ole. All right. You have shut your door, so you are not careless. 
you may have, you have um, burglary. You have a lot of other normal physical things to make sure thieves don't penetrate. All right? Now, so your doors are closed and everything is fine. So what do you do? So relax now. There's nothing physically you can do. Okay, maybe you can call police. Maybe you can, you can call Reverend too. But don't disturb Reverend at 2 a.m. All right? Why not disturb God instead of that? All right? So what do you do? Just shout the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. This house is secured. The blood of Jesus. We are safe. My wife, my children, we are safe by the blood of Jesus. This will not enter into this place. They will only see this place. They will not enter. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And what do you do? Believe it. Believe that. That's faith. That's faith. Or you are traveling, you are, you are in the public transport and you are traveling, or you are even flying in the air, and the pilot made the one interesting announcement that everybody you need to tighten your, your seat belt. You know, uh, I don't understand the way things are moving now. Actually, I don't understand. Even me too, I'm disturbed. I don't understand. I don't understand. And it's like the way things is nose diving, the way things is going, all of us may crash. Relax. I'm not part of the all of us that will crash. I'm not, I'm not ending it yet. Hallelujah. So, sometimes you may have to say it. Don't just think it in your heart. I plead the blood of Jesus over this airplane. I plead the blood of Jesus over this, this public transport. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I cover this vehicle with the blood. It works. It works. Don't say no. We are just trying to be religious. No. These things are spiritual. Life is spiritual. Thank you for my wife. She taught me that. Life is very, very spiritual. Things happen in the spiritual before they happen in the physical. And guess what? Some sons of Satan, they will seem to understand these things more than some of us do. Hallelujah. So you have to believe God. Believe God. Believe that there's power in the blood of Jesus. I'll round up by saying that to make the blood work, believe it. To make the blood work, believe it. So the thought in, in appropriating the blood, confess the word. Confess the word of God. Confess the word. Confess. Confess. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you'll be saved. Wow. I'll read verse 10 later. Please look up here. There was a time in the Old Testament that God sent the... the God asked Moses. He said, Moses, send 12, 12, 12 spies. Let them go and spy into the land of Canaan and let them bring you a report. And Moses did that. And guess what? Out of 12, Joshua and Caleb inclusive, it was only Joshua and Caleb that brought a good report. The other guy said, ah, yay. The place where we survey is actually a good place. It's a good land. But we saw the children of the Anarchs there. We saw giants. We saw great people there. The land devoured its inhabitants. That's powerful. The land devout is inhabitants. That would be report the bro. And guess what? They now say, we are not able to go. We can't go home. We can't fight them. And the Bible says that the report that they brought, it discouraged the people. Guess what? Joshua and Caleb, he, the Bible says he quieted the people before Moses. He said, be, be quiet. God is able. God is with us. And we can conquer. 
And guess what? Those people that said so, that said we are not able, they said it. Not God said it through them. They said we are not able. We are, to them, we are like grasshopper. They are giants. We are grasshopper. So because of that, we are not able. Guess what? They died in the wilderness. They didn't enter the promised land. They didn't. So what are you saying? What are you saying? No wonder God told Moses in Numbers 14, he said, tell the children of Israel exactly what you have said, what you have said in my hearing. That's what I will do. Brothers, sisters, what are you saying? When you are praying, what are you saying? And then when you are not praying, what are you saying? Because it's important too that our prayer aligns with what we are saying normally. Even when you are joking, there's no joke in the spirit. They don't understand. I know. I didn't mean it. My child, you are, you are, you are, you are I, I can't say that because I don't, I don't know how to say so. But you just say negative thing over your child. I don't know. No, me, mean it. No. They don't understand. We don't mean it. The demons or the angels that are walking about, they just stamp it and say, ah, baba, baba. And that child, 10 years later, there's a blessing for that child. That demon will just, will just bring a case before God and say, God, 10 years ago, our mother said she's cursed. Now, actually, she's cursed. She can't be blessed now. There was an accuser of the brethren in Zechariah chapter 2 that he had to accuse Joshua the high priest until God intervened. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Speak the word. Let what you are saying be what God has said or what God is saying. What has God said about your health? God said you are healed. He himself took all our diseases and carried all our sorrows. By his stripes, we were healed. Say that. What has God said about your life? With long life, will I satisfy you? And I will show you my salvation. Say that. I will not die, but live to declare the word of the Lord in the land of the living. Say that. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Say that. People need there's no money in your pocket. But my God will supply. My God will supply. Say that. What are you saying? What are you saying? We're about to write an exam. Like I, like I wanted to write some, an exam a few years ago, all right? Practically was very afraid, all right? So you're afraid. It's okay to be afraid, normal, all right? So you're about to write an exam. You have read, all right? But you're still afraid nonetheless. What do you say now? I am above only. I am not beneath. God of heaven has made me above. God has made me above. That's what God said. And so let your words align with what God has said. Confess the word of God. Confess the word of God. The blood of Jesus walk in alignment with the word of God. Very powerful. Speak the word. Let your thoughts and your words align with God. I'll read verse 10 now. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Men and brethren, sometimes a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Sometimes they need to hear what you are saying in the realm of the spirit to show that you believe what you have believed in your heart. You have not yet believed it so strongly until you can say it from your mouth. So we have, we have, we have looked at our roundup in a few minutes. God has spoken to us about covenant on Wednesday. We looked at the different types of covenants and we concluded that the greatest of the covenant any man can enter is the blood covenant. And that when Jesus shed his blood, 
he initiated, he started a blood covenant. And that every one of us that is born again, we are into a blood covenant with Christ, with God. All right? And one of the things we also said that was so powerful is that when you enter into a blood covenant, one of the consequences is that my life becomes the life of that person. His life becomes my life. I exchange my strength for his strength. He exchanged his strength for my strength. That was what we established on Wednesday. And yesterday we looked at the fact that there are benefits in the blood of Jesus. How we said there's forgiveness, there's healing, there's victory. That when you want to fight in spiritual battles, the name of Jesus is a powerful weapon. The blood of Jesus is also a powerful weapon in enforcing our victory in spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. We said that by the blood of Jesus we overcome. Roman, um, Revelation chapter 12 in verse 11. They overcame me by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto death. We said in the blood there's forgiveness. In the blood there's re remission of sin. In the blood there's cleansing. In the blood there's healing. In the blood there's deliverance. So we examined all of those things yesterday. All right, and then we now say that how do I appropriate the power in the blood? How do I use what God has prepared to my advantage? And we said, in using that, I have to be born again. I have to be a child of God. You must be born again. And not just that, we said, you won't just stop at being born again. You have to use your faith. That everything in our kingdom works by faith. We were saved by faith. We walk by faith. We are justified by faith. In fact, we are going to heaven by faith everything. Our prayers will not be answered if we don't add faith to it. James chapter 1 by 5, verse 5 told us that, is anyone that lacks wisdom? Let him ask of God that give a liberty to all men and to be given to him. And I said, but when he asks, in verse 6, let him not doubt. For anyone that doubts is as the wave of the sea. Such a person should not think he will receive anything from God. Mark chapter 11, 23 and 24 told us that Jesus said, you will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and if you will not doubt in your heart, so prayers will be answered by faith. Everything in our kingdom is by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtain a good report. So everything, everything, the blood of Jesus will work for you as you believe God and you believe the potency of the blood of Jesus. And we rounded up by saying that we need to not just believe in our hearts, we also need to confess it with our mouth. And what do we confess? We confess what the word of God is saying. We don't, we are not people that deny reality. But we are people that enforce our position on our condition. Does that make sense? I'll say that again. We are not people that deny reality. All right, for example, what I'm saying is this. Let's assume that I have headache. All right, actually, I have headache, so I don't have to deny it. No, I don't have headache. No, I don't have it. I have it. I have headache. But what has God said about my health? I am healed. By stripes, I am healed. So I can tell my wife I am healed, I'm strong, I'm great. So when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm, my head is still pounding. I will go to the shower, take my shower, it's time to go to work. I'm strong, I'm great, I'm fine, I'm healed. Believe that and confess that. Hallelujah. We confess with our mouth. Hallelujah. All right, so I will stop here for now. Um, so are there questions, are there comments, are there contributions that would like to add. Um, please signify with a show of hand so that we can give the mic to you. Me, I have three questions that I will ask after. Then after that, we we'll pray. We are good. All right. So, questions, comments, um, contributions. 
atonement tonight by the blood we come into your presence by the blood we appreciate the blood we are grateful for the blood of Jesus thank you thank you Holy Spirit have your way Holy Spirit speak to us Holy Spirit bless us your people thank you father in Jesus name we are prayed in Jesus name we pray Amen. Hallelujah. Let's please be seated. Hallelujah. So much, our Father. Thank you so much, our Father. There's this hymn that says, There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's only Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah. If you know you join me. Oh, Holy One. Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your song, living your spirit, your walk on heaven. Can we take the chorus again? Thank you, oh my father. Thank you, oh my father. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, my father. The, for giving us your son. For giving us yours. Living your spirit. Oh, living your spirit. Till your work on earth is done. Your work is done. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. Very um, fast, we go into what God will be having us share together tonight. But before then, you know, by way of um, um, by way of recap, by way of um, Previous knowledge. Permit me to use that statement. All right. So some of us were here yesterday, and we learned some things. So what did you learn, and what did you take home, and what did God impress strongly on your heart? All right. Um, do we have volunteers? You were here yesterday, and God spoke to your heart, and you want to share briefly what God spoke into your heart, and what you took home. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We learned about a covenant. 
with the blood of Jesus. We learned that covenant is not a promise. It is different from promise. It is agreements between two people by, you know, by using something to bind them together. We learned that at times they normally use blood or anything. We learned about uh, different covenants. That God Almighty have a covenant with different people in the Bible. We learn about a covenant with Abraham, with Moses, with David, and so many of them. We learn that uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ, that everything that God has belongs to us. And our own too, whatever we have, whatever we have belongs to Christ. Our time, our money, our everything belongs to him. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. That was awesome. Hallelujah. All right, so do we have one more person that wants to share with us? Thank you, sir. Yesterday we learned that covenants are generational. And what um, I went home with yesterday was that because covenants are generational, we should be careful how we handle issues of life. Because a lot of times that we enter into some of these covenants, sometimes we don't really know. We are pressured, we are in a tight situation, and, um, and we, we try to look for a way out sometimes. And in trying to look for a way out, we, we enslave ourselves without knowing. That's what a lot of our parents did without knowing and some of us are suffering the impact now. So covenants are generational. Anything we do in life, we should not just think about ourselves alone. We should think about those that are coming after us. How is this decision going to affect them, whether positively or negatively? That should uh, inform whatever decision we decide to take at the end of the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. All right. That was powerful. And thank you, sir. Thank you, ma, for those words. Hallelujah. All right. So um, we move quickly into what God will be sharing with us tonight. And the title is Benefits in the Blood of Jesus. Benefits in the Blood of Jesus. Benefits in the Blood of Jesus. Hmm. Mm. Let me start by saying the right understanding and application of the blood of Jesus brings us total victory. The right understanding and application of the blood of Jesus brings us total victory. Another thing, please look up here. Jesus is God's answer to any and all man's problem or need. Let me say that again. Jesus is God's answer to any and all of the problem that we can face on the earth. I'll say that again because it's very, very important. Jesus is the answer from God to every need, every problem that we have or we are going to have on the earth. Is, is, is 
in Numbers chapter 11, they cried to Moses, the children of Israel, and they said, please give us manna. And Moses cried to God, and God gave them manna. In John chapter 6, in verse 33, Jesus said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness. That manna, that bread that they ate was me. So that manna that they ate, it was actually Jesus they were eating. They were thirsty. They were hungry. They needed food. Jesus was their food. They were thirsty. They needed water. Jesus was the rock that Moses smote. Jesus was the rock of our salvation. If you flip into the book of Daniel, three men were thrown into fire when Nebuchadnezzar went the next day. And he said, excuse me, I threw three men into the fire. I can see four men. That fourth man looked like the son of man. Jesus was there to quench the fire for them. Hebrews chapter 1 in verse 2. Hebrews chapter 1 in verse 2. Let me take from verse 1. God in various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. But please look at verse 2. As in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. In the time past, in the Old Testament, God spoke through prophets. God spoke through circumstances. God spoke through many things. But in these last days, in this new covenant, the only thing and the only person that God is speaking through and he has spoken through is his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. 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 Any need that we have, any problem that we are facing, Jesus is the answer. Very important. So because Jesus is in the hands, Jesus is the answer, automatically the power, the blood of Jesus is the answer. By the power in the blood of Jesus. So let's look at some things that we can derive, some things that we can gain, some things that we can benefit by, by, by looking at the blood of Jesus. Number one, we gain or we obtain forgiveness and redemption. By the blood of Jesus, we obtain forgiveness and redemption. Forgiveness and redemption. First Peter chapter 1, verse, verse 18 and 19. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Mm. Wow. Please look up here. This is what happened. God and Adam were good friends. God and Adam had fellowship together. God and Adam were on talking terms. But there was a problem. Adam offended God. Before this offense, God had already said that, Adam, you know what? I'm in the king of heaven. I made you the king of the earth. Everything that is happening on the earth is under your control. That's why Adam was able to name all the animals. That was why Adam was able to do a whole lot of things. God made the world and everything on the earth and put it under Adam and said, Adam, be the king of the earth. But after the offense, there was a swift, there was a change. Satan 
became the lord of the heads. Satan became the master. He's the one that is interpreting and changing a lot of things on the earth. And guess what? Not just that alone. Another thing is that we also became slaves to Satan. So as it were, if a woman being sleep, the devil can come and press your neck and you want to say, G, oh G, and you won't be able to shout Jesus. The devil can oppress whoever he likes now. So if some people are traveling on the highway, the devil can just suddenly cause accident and there'll be bloodshed and everybody will die and say, oh no, look at everybody has died. It's as serious as that. Now, so because of sin, because of sin, because of sin, all of us became slaves to Satan. We were under bondage of sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men because all sinned. Wow. One man sinned and God said all of us have sinned. I was not there when Adam and Eve were taking the, 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 the fruit. Alright? But because we were in him at that time, many, many, many years ago, God reckoned that because Adam sinned, all of us have sinned. And so he said in Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. 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 But look at something. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Interesting scripture. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In him that is in Christ, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. We were sinners. We are under the devil. But now we are above the devil. Hallelujah. But now the devil is under our feet. But now we can bind the devil. But now we can say, devil, now keep quiet and he will keep quiet. It's as, it's as good as that. We have obtained forgiveness of sin. We have obtained redemption all because of the blood of Jesus. All because of the blood. All because of the blood. Our sins were atoned. Our sins were paid for. We are free. We are free. We are free. There him right and say, no guilt in life. No fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. Men and brethren, if you are born again, you are free. If you are a child of God, you are free. You are free. You don't have to sleep in the night and be afraid of nightmares. No. You don't have to sleep in the night and be afraid that one masquerade will come and pursue you. No. You don't have to be traveling on the highway and say, hey, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Now, I'll be 45 very soon. My grandfather died at 45. My daddy died at 45. Next year, I'm going to be 45. I don't know what will happen to me. I may die. Oh, God, have mercy on me. No. If you are a child of God, you are free. All because of the blood of Jesus. He forgave us. Ah! That was that's powerful. He forgave us. He forgave us. God for you know the Bible says in the book of Psalm, He said, Blessed is the man whom God did not impute his sin. You don't understand. He said, if God decides to count sin, who will stand? 
Okay, my brother and my, my son, I noticed that you lied when it was 1 a.m. Then when it was 2 p.m., I noticed that you stole. Then when it was um, 4, 4 p.m., I noticed that you did this all. And then you did this all. If Baba decided to take record and be counting sin, he said, none of us will stand. But for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But for the blood of Jesus. So that's one of the powerful benefits that we have in the blood of Jesus. Number one, forgiveness and redemption. What does it mean to redeem? To redeem is to buy back. To redeem means that I have, I have a car, all right? I loan it to a friend, maybe because I needed something, all right? I loan it to a friend, and the friend said, now, that collateral that I, you gave my car, now, before you can buy it back, you have to pay this money, and I go, I go to him and say, all right, please give me back this car, and then it's now mine. Redemption. All because of the blood of Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, either it was, it was weakened. Whoosh! Hallelujah! There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. Brothers and sisters, please look up here. Are you here and you were once a sinner? Whatever is the gravity, whatever is the, how deep your sin has been, you are free if you are born again. God does not remember your sin anymore. You are the one that is remembering. He does not. He has forgotten. Once he forgave, you are justified by faith. Hallelujah. Forgiveness and redemption. Thank you, Jesus. The second benefit in the blood of Jesus, there is cleansing and purification. There's cleansing and purification. There's cleansing and purification. First John chapter 1 in verse 7 and 9. First John chapter 1, verses 7 and verse 9. First John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Please, can we read the last one? The next one. Okay, let's take it again from the blood. One, two, go. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from how many sins? All. 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 There's cleansing. There's cleansing. Ah, no wonder that him right there say, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood? Are you washed? Are you washed? Are you clean? There's cleansing. Is your conscience, you know some of us, we have soft conscience before, but because of a whole lot of things, our conscience is now adding with iron. Before now, anytime you commit a party, even if it's just a small sin, you know, there's no small sin, but even if it's just a small sin, something will break you, something will touch and say, ah, come on, we have one confess, you just lie, that thing is called lying. You say, no, 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 I just exaggerated, it's not lying, I just, I just, I overblow it, say, no, go and confess. Some of us, we have so soft conscience. But at the moment, we are fine. We are fine. We are fine. You need to come to the blood for cleansing. 
The blood can cleanse our conscience from dead works. The blood can make us clean. The blood can purify us. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Look at verse 9. First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sin, wow. He is what? Let's say it again. Faithful. Very, very faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's cleansing. There's cleansing. Please come to Christ for cleansing. Are you stained? Do you have spots? Do you have blemishes? You can come for a cleansing to Calvary. Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 22. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. And according to the law, almost all sins are purified with blood. All things are purified with blood. All things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There's no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. So, one of the powerful benefits that we have in the blood of Jesus is that we are clean. We are, we are purified. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The third benefit that we have in the blood of Jesus and the third thing that we can get by applying the blood of Jesus is divine protection. Can we say that together? Let's say it again. Divine protection. Let's read together Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Now, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, this is God talking, when I see the blood, I will do what? I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. When I see the blood. Now, the background of the story, because some of us may not be very familiar with that story, the background of the story is that God has been trying to deliver the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. And he has tried a whole lot of things, and a whole lot of things. And Pharaoh will not bow. Pharaoh will not release them. And God said, all right, all right. Moses, all right. I have the last card. And that last card, it, it has never failed. It won't fail this time. This is what I will do. I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt. And I'm going to kill all their firstborn. Wow. I'm going to shed blood. But since the angel of death that is passing by, he is blind. He does not understand. He will just be going from house to house. House to house. Whoever is the firstborn, he will just strike them. So God help that man that he is the firstborn of his own daddy and he has a firstborn to God help him, alright, and then he has a cow that has a firstborn he has a ram that has a firstborn and so the Bible says there was crying every house in Egypt but, so I can imagine Moses talking to God and say God ah, because even me, I think I'm a firstborn in my house, I think this one is a firstborn, I can count how many firstborn we have in the house of Israel and so God, kill he said, relax. I have a plan. And the plan is easy and simple. You are going to take a lamb, number one. Listen to it. Too. 
Number one, you take a lamb. Number two, you let the lamb be a male. A male. Alright? Let there be no blemish or spots in the lamb. And then you are going to kill it. After killing it, you are going to take the blood. And then you are going to put it on your lintel. And then on your doorposts. Two doorposts is there in the book of Exodus chapter 12. As if to make the sign of a cross. He said you are going to put it there. And then whenever the angel that is passing by sees the blood, he will pass over. He will pass over. Mm. He will pass over. Whoosh. I'll take it again. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. I asked a question yesterday. Let me ask two questions this time. Um, that one and this other one. The question was, you know, let's imagine that we are in the land of Egypt, alright, and then they take the blood. But the person that are in the house, you know, the land of, the children of Israel are dwelling in Goshen, so they are dwelling in Egypt, alright? So they decide to take the blood. This person is not an Israelite, but he heard when Brother Moses was giving the instruction and said, excuse me, oh, just take the blood. It's tonight. So the remedy is just take the blood and put it on the lintel. So old boy, he heard, he quickly ran home. He's not an Israelite, oh, but he's an Egyptian. So he just ran home and went to kill a lamb and went to take the blood and put it on the lintel. When the angel is passing by, is he going to die? He won't. He won't. He won't. Let me ask a second question. Imagine an Israelite. He has a friend that is an Egyptian. So it's tonight, but at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., he just went to say hi to his friend. Hello, my friend, how are you doing? And they are just enjoying themselves and enjoying themselves and enjoying themselves. All right? And it was raining. And so he could not get back home again. And so he will go back home tomorrow. So he decided to sleep in the house of an Egyptian. But there was no blood. But he's an Egyptian. He's born again. He's a covenant seed. Will he die or will he not die? He will die. Powerful. As in power. Please think about those two scenarios. Very, very important. There's divine protection in the blood of Jesus. There's divine protection in the blood of Jesus. Our life must not be wasted as chicken. No! Because we have the blood of Jesus, we are, we are safe from danger. We are safe from arrows. No, we are not people that stray bullets to just touch us anyhow. No, we are not people that just die anyhow. We are sons of God. We are beloved. We are begotten. And because we are begotten, there is a, there is a price on our life. Psalm 105, verse 13 to 15. Psalm 105, 13 to 15. Look at it, verse 13. He said, when they went from nation to another, from one kingdom to another, he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. That is you. That is me. Oh, yes. Oh, let me take it again, verse 14 and 15. He permitted no one to do them wrong. For their sake, he rebuked kings, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Can we take two prayer points? Please close your eyes and say, Father, 
I cover every member of my household with the blood of Jesus. Anytime angel of death is passing by, anytime plagues, Ebola, cancer, anytime diseases is passing by, they will see the blood and pass over me. Every member of my family, I cover them with the blood of Jesus. I cover my wife. Open your mouth and pray. Lift up your voice and call on God. I cover my wife with the blood of Jesus. I cover my children with the blood of Jesus. I cover my mother with the blood of Jesus. I cover my mother-in-law with the blood of Jesus. The blood, I cover my household. I cover my home with the blood of Jesus. No fire incidents. No death, no sickness, no plague will visit on my dwelling. In the mighty name of Jesus, I cover my household with the blood of Jesus. I cover my household with the blood of Jesus. I cover my household with the blood of Jesus. I cover my household with the blood of Jesus. I declare divine protection from now and forevermore. From now and forevermore in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, it is done. Would you want to pray again? Please, if you are a firstborn in the house, please rise. You are a firstborn. You are a firstborn. Please rise. This is this is serious. All right, men and brethren, please let me point your hand towards these sisters and brothers, and I want us to pray. We are we are we are just obeying divine instruction in this place. You are a firstborn in the house. I want us to pray, Father. Every inheritance that is theirs, Lord, give it to them. Every portion, every possession that is their own, please stretch your hand towards them and say, Father, give them their portion. Give them their portion. Give them their portion. Give them their portion. Let the way be made open for you. Every attack on your life. Every attack. Every battle against firstborns. Every battle against firstborn. Blood of Jesus. Take over those battles. Take over such battles. Please pray for them. Oh, please pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. This is a serious matter. Hey! Lord, fight for them. Fight, Lord. Let the blood of Jesus, let the blood of Jesus arise and take over your battle in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, it is done. Father, we agree together over your dear sons and daughters that are firstborns. Every inheritance that is your portion, receive it in the name of Jesus. Every battle that is enraged against you, because the devil knows that if you can make it, all your younger ones will make it too. The devil knows that if you can, if you can, if you can make it big, if you can hit it hard, most probably all your younger ones they will be fine because you will have cleared the way for them. I pray that every battle enraged against you, every battle against your destiny, against your life, blood of Jesus, give them victory in the name of Jesus. Your head will not be the tail. Your head will not be the tail. You are above. You will always be above only. You are the head. You will always be the first. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. Hallelujah. So let's do a recap. We are looking at benefits in the blood of Jesus. What's number one benefit in the blood of Jesus? What's number one? Thank you, forgiveness and redemption. What's number two? There's cleansing and purification. What's number three? Divine protection. 
divine protection. Hallelujah. All right, we are going to number seven, so let's run now. Number four, there's access to the Father. I like this. As we apply the blood, there's access to the Father. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Alright, it said, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let me take it again. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Please look up here. When Jesus died, the Bible says, The veil in the temple, it was torn open. It was torn open. Before now, in the Old Testament, only one man is permitted to enter into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies is where Jesus and uh, where God Himself is. Only one man is permitted to enter, and he can only enter once a year. Wow. Wow. But guess what? I can enter. You can enter all by the blood of Jesus. All because of the shed blood of Jesus. So there's access to the Father. The, the, he tore the veil of the temple. We are now free to enter. We have unrestricted access to the Father. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The way is open. The Father is asking us to come. He said, come unto me. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. All ye that labor and are heavy, let you come. He's giving us an invitation. Come. 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 Are you burdened? Is your heart troubled? Are there issues in your home? He said, come. The father's arm is always open, like that prodigal, the, the prodigal son, the daddy. You know the Bible says when he saw him from afar, he, he, he ran. It was the father that ran. He ran towards him. That's our father. That's our father. There's access to the father, unrestricted, unrestricted access to the father, all because of the blood of Jesus. Number five, there's healings. Mm. There's healings. There's healings. There's healings. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. And then Exodus chapter 23, verse 25 and 26. I would like to read Exodus 23, 25 and 26. Exodus 23, verse 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and bless your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. And we take sickness away from the midst of you. I thought we'd say amen to that. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. I will fulfill the number of your days. That's our portion in the name of Jesus. So there's healings. And I said healings. Do you have emotional wound? Come to the blood of Jesus. Do you have physical diseases? Come to the blood of Jesus. Are you psychologically imbalanced? Come to the blood of Jesus. There's healings. No more diseases. No more bodily affliction. God is not teaching us any lesson by keeping us sick. Can I take that again? God is not teaching us any lesson by keeping us sick. Imagine I take my dear daughter and say, oh, my daughter, you know I love you. I say, oh, my daddy, I know you love me so much. And I say, can you see that fire that, that's in the kitchen? Now come. And I put her hand 
in the fire. I said, my daddy, my, my hand is spinning me. He said, no, I'm trying to teach you patience. I'm trying to teach you that the world is very odd. So I need to burn your hand. Excuse me. If anybody look at me and say, ah, 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 why are you doing like that now? I know the Bible says, if you then been evil, Matthew chapter 11, verse, chapter 7, verse 11, if you then been evil, know how to give good gift to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gift to them that had sin? He's a good father. So don't put it in your mind that no, the reason I'm sick is because God is trying to teach me. You know, when I'm sick, I get to pray more. Well, God can teach you to pray without having to make you sick now. Is there, do you have a witness in the house? Hallelujah. Really. Really. God is not teaching us any lesson by keeping us sick. In fact, Jesus died. Jesus shed his blood to deliver us. We read that in, in, in Exodus chapter 23. He said, I'm not going to put sickness in the midst of you. So there's healings. There's healings in the blood. Physical, emotional wounds. They get healed as you rightly applied the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The sixth, there is total victory in the blood. There is total victory in the blood. There is total victory in the blood. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. I'll take that again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death please look up here men and brethren our weapon of victory is the blood of Jesus our weapon of victory is the blood of Jesus in spiritual warfare there are weapons of warfare that we use as believers. One of our weapons of warfare is the name of Jesus. Another weapon that we have is the blood of Jesus. Oh yes. Oh yes. In a deliverance session, they were trying to cast out devils and some men were really struggling and they were saying, come out, come out, come out. And the man of God was there and he was like, God, what do we do to all of this now? How come this demon is just trying to embarrass the anointing and embarrass the anointed too? What's happening now? And all that. And you know, he just, he, as if God told him, he just mentioned the blood of Jesus. And that was it. And that was it. And that was it. So, the blood of Jesus is our victory plan. The blood of Jesus guarantees our victory. Total victory. We are overcomers. We are victorious. We win. We always conquer. Hallelujah. We are winners. We are conquerors. Romans chapter 8 told us that we are therefore more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave his life for us. We are more than conquerors. We are winners. We are victorious. All because of the blood of Jesus. And guess what? Not just that. We have authority over Satan. We can bind the devil. We can, we can, we can, we can disarm principalities. All because of the blood of Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, 14 and 15. Colossians chapter 2, 14 and 15. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was written contrary to our law. He has nailed it to the cross and having disarmed principalities and power, he made an open shame of them, triumphing over them in it. By the blood of Jesus, we are more than the devil. He used, to, he used to push us anyhow, but because of the blood, 
we are victorious. Hallelujah. We are victorious. Yes, we are victorious. Glory be to God who has given us victory. We are, vi we are victorious people. Yes, we are victorious. Glory be to God who has given us the last but not the least because of time benefits in the blood and we have life because of the blood of Jesus we have life we have eternal life we have abundant life we have life we have life we have life Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 He said for the life of the flesh Is in the blood And I've given it to you upon the altar To make atonement for your souls For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul So when we drink the blood We are taking in life We are taking in life And can I quickly give us three reasons Why you should never miss the Holy Communion again very, very important. Very, very important. Don't ever miss the Holy Communion again. Because when we take the Holy Communion, we are not just taking bread and drinking wine, no. No, if we want to drink, take bread and drink wine, we can go to our house and eat normal bread and drink normal wine. So it's not bread and wine. It is because it is sanctified. When they bring it to the table, it's just normal bread and wine. But immediately daddy takes the mic and presents it to God and blesses it in the name of the Lord. He sees it to be wine and bread. It becomes flesh. It becomes blood. And the blood of the Lamb. Three reasons why we should take, take, take the Holy Communion. Before then, let me quickly say that, you know, some of us, we are very, we are very pious. We are very, very spiritual. And it's very important. We, we say that uh, I don't want to take the Holy Communion because I committed a sin yesterday and because of that uh, I don't want trouble. They said if you eat it unworthily, we are going to do some people will sleep, some people will fall sick, some people will even die. It's true. It's true. But there's forgiveness in the blood now. So why not trust God to forgive you? And also trust God that after that communion, I'm not going to go back to my vomit again. Why not trust God that way? Instead of saying, no, because I'm not sure if I take it now. Daddy used to say, if you take it and you know that you're going to go back to your vomit, don't even take it at all. Why not say, God, actually, I don't want to go back. And I believe that if I take this thing, there's power, in, there's grace, there's something in it that will make me not go back. So I believe God and I will take it. And I'll be fine. What about that? What about that? It's okay to confess your sin. And it's okay to never, never go back to those sins. Please don't. But why not let's trust God and believe God? So when we take the Holy Communion, what are we doing? We are renewing our covenant with God. We are renewing our covenant. We are renewing our commitment. We are pledging allegiance to Him. And that's very important. That's very important. We are telling God, my life for your life. You are telling God, you gave me your life, I'm giving you back my life. 
We are renewing our tense of the deed. We are renewing our tense of the covenant and say, Jesus, I want you to know that I still love you. Jesus, I want you to know that I'm dedicating my life to you afresh. I'm rededicating my life. I want you to know that I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to please you. My life for your life. So when we take the Holy Communion, we are renewing our covenant with him. We are pledging allegiance for him, to him. Another thing, when we take the Holy Communion, we are taking in life of Christ. We are taking in life of Christ. John chapter 6, verse 53 and 54. John chapter 6, verse 53, 54 and 55. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I said to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have what? Can we say that again? You have what? No life. No life. No life. We are not alive. When God is looking at and say, okay, how many people do I have on the heads? Those that don't eat his flesh and drink his blood, to God, they are not alive. They don't have life. Wow. Wow. Verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So when we take the Holy Communion, we are saying, God, I hope my name is still in the book of life. Please, if you have erased it, please rewrite it back. Oh. That's one of the reasons I'm taking it. So that you can raise me up on the last day. So that we can journey together. This, everything here is not the end of it. Oh. I'm still having a stake in the kingdom. Then you have life, eternal life. Look at verse 55. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Wow. Wow. My flesh is food indeed. My flesh, my blood is me, is, is drink indeed. Thank you, sir. Alright, so why should we take the Holy Communion? One last thing. We take the Holy Communion for opening of our eyes. 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 Please look at this. If you have your scriptures there, please let's read it together. Luke chapter 24, verse verse 13 and then verse 30 and 31. Luke chapter 24 verse 13 verse 30 and verse 31. Luke chapter 24 verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Verse 30. He said, now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed, and broke it and gave it to them. Now, let all of us read verse 31 together. One, two, go. Now, let me ask us a question. What opened their eyes? Sir? The communion. Because verse 31, verse 30 said, he took bread, he blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then the next verse said their height. Now, some of us aren't very familiar with the story, so let me quickly let us in. The, the, what, matter, what happened was that in Jerusalem, Jesus has died, all right? And then, before he went to his father, he has resurrected. So he was walking about, appearing to his disciples. So two of these his disciples were just walking about. And they were discussing about Jesus and saying, and Jesus and, and all of that. So Jesus went to meet with them. They didn't know. 
because he has resurrected, so he has a new body. They didn't know it was Jesus. So he was just discussing with them, so how are you doing? And now he said, so what's happening? Why is there quietness? Why is everybody afraid and all of that? And they were talking to him and said, ah, don't you know, there was a man of Galilee. His name was Jesus. He died. He resurrected. Some people killed him. They nailed him to the cross. In fact, don't mind him. And Jesus was saying, oh, yeah, sorry, don't mind those guys. They actually killed him. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, and all of that. And he was joining with them. And he was joining with them. Until he got a particular point, he took bread. He broke it. He blessed it and broke it. Immediately, he gave it to them. He administered the Holy Communion. Immediately, and they said, oh, Jesus. Yay. Jesus. Our eyes are opened when we take the Holy Communion. Our eyes are opened to see God. The Bible says, their eyes were opened and they knew him. Oh. Our eyes become opened and we come into a personal intimacy with God as we take the Holy Communion. Not just that. Our eyes are opened and we get godly ideas as we take the Holy Communion for your business. So it's not just spiritual, spiritual for your business. Our eyes are open and we get solutions to that issue in your place of work. Our eyes become open. Our eyes become open. Our eyes become open as we partake of the Lord's table. Of the Lord's table. Thank you, Father. Oh, Holy Communion is God's ordained channel of healing and wholeness for his children. Holy Communion is God's ordained channel of healing and wholeness for his people. It's God's ordained channel. Thank you, Father. Alright. So, by God's grace, tomorrow we are just going to talk very briefly about, okay, so now that I know how powerful this blood of Jesus is, how do I appropriate it? How do I? Because he shed his blood for me. He didn't shed his blood for himself. He didn't need anything. All right. So how do I appropriate it? How do I take advantage of what God has done and use it for my life and for the lives of others? And then we are going to take time to really, really pray for ourselves, pray for the church, and pray for our nation, Nigeria, tomorrow by God's grace. And then, so I'll be sharing briefly, very briefly tomorrow, and then we are going to have question and answer or comments, and then we are going to take time out to really, really pray. All right. So please, if you have comments, if you have questions, let's make it tomorrow by the grace of God. I'll just share very briefly tomorrow and then we can have comments tomorrow by God's grace. But for today, we have five prayer points to pray very, very fast. Very, very fast. So can we be up standing and let's pray now. Just five prayer points and I, be, I plead with you to pray very seriously. Please pray like never before. Please rise. Rise. Make sure you are standing up. Everyone rise. Please rise. Please rise. Please rise. Oh, thank you, Father. 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 Say this with me. Say, Blood of Jesus. Oh, okay. You can make it louder than that. Shout it. Say, Blood of Jesus. Visit my foundation. Open your mouth and pray. That name sit Open your mouth and pray. Lift up your voice and call on God. In Jesus' mighty name, it is done. Please open your eyes. Are you here? And you notice that there's an evil pattern of that thing. I don't like it. If you are such a person, or you know someone that's such a person, please pray like a wounded lion. Pray like never before. Say this with me. Evil pattern. Say it again. Say evil pattern. Satanic trend. In my lineage. 
Stop by the blood of Jesus. Stop by the blood of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Open us. Mighty name, it is done. We are going to be a bit fast about it. Say it with me. Say, blood of Jesus. Arise. Fight for me now. There's someone here. There's a gang up against you. I guess, I don't know if it's at your place of work or in your household or even in your family to kick you out. There's a gang up. There's a gang up. And you need to pray. You need to pray. Say it again. Say, blood of Jesus. Arise. Fight for me now. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray in the name of blood of Jesus. Arise. Arise. Satanic man. Any identification mark on my life, on my house, be wiped off. Be wiped off by the blood of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Lift in the blood. There is power mighty. I didn't need very. There is power mighty in the Mm. There is power in the blood of Jesus, actually. A lot of power. A lot. A lot. A lot. Let's bow it and just say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. A great moment of revelation, a great moment of insight. Holy Spirit, we are ready. Our heart is open. We are receptive. Open us up to depth of insight. Holy Spirit, show us the way. Holy Spirit, grant us revelation. Transform our lives. Bring us the power in the blood of Jesus. Make it real in our lives and through our lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 31. We are going right away. We are looking at what I titled very um, this evening, the blood covenant. Can we say it together? The blood covenant. Can we say it again? The blood covenant. Hallelujah. All right. So there's power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. The, the blood of Jesus brings healings. The blood of Jesus brings salvation. It is by the blood of Jesus that we get many things. In fact, a lot of things that God has provided for us. Hallelujah. So this evening, we are looking at the blood covenant. We are looking at the blood covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 34. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. 
after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Mm. Verse 34. No more shall any man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Mm. For they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin and will remember no more. Hallelujah. All right, please, I need us to listen. We are going to do a build-up, okay? And so this, our teaching tonight, is going to um, um, be progressive into tomorrow and then into Friday when we'll be rounding up by the grace of God. All right, so let's start it off this way. What is a covenant? All right, so before I give my own, my, own, my own definition, can I ask the house? People of God, what do you think is the meaning of the word covenant? Covenant. Do I have people that would like to help me? What is a covenant? I want us to respond. Who wants to help me? Or should I call names? Okay. Covenant simply means a mutual agreement between two parties or more. A mutual agreement between two parties or more. All right. Do we have one more, one more um, explanation or a definition of the word covenant? What is covenant? What is covenant? Okay. Mommy, mommy you will help us, Abby. Agreement between the two parties. Two parties. All right. Now, so... What is a covenant? A covenant is an agreement, just like what our two my mommy and our dear sister said. Now, it's between two people or two groups, and it involves promises on the part of each to the other. So, can I say that again? A covenant is an agreement, and it's usually between two or more people, all right? Or it can be between two families, or it can be between groups of people, all right? And it involves promises on the part of each to the other. Okay? Now, this is it this way. I can enter a covenant with daddy and say, daddy, um, let's make a covenant together. I will do this for you. You will do this for me. That is a covenant. That is a So it's an agreement and it involves some level of promises. I'm going to promise him that I'm going to do something for him and then he's also going to do something for me. For me. Alright, now, a covenant is not a promise. It's not. I'll give you three, three, three reasons, differences between covenants and promises. Number one, both parties has a part to play in a covenant, but not so in a promise. That's the first thing. The difference between a covenant and a promise, number one, for both parties has a part to play in a covenant, but not so in a promise. If I promise you that I'm going to give you something, um, what you do or what you didn't do sometimes may not matter to me. I already promise you. So my integrity is at stake. Most of the time, I will fulfill what I have said I will do to you. Alright? But not so with the covenant. When you make a covenant with someone, um, you are binded yourself. Alright? So you don't have the choice. You have to do what you are promised to do to the person the same way. The person is as He's also binded himself to do what he has promised to do to you. So both parties has a part to play, but not so in a covenant, not so in a promise, unlike a covenant. Number two, for a covenant, you are mandated, you are obligated to play your part in a covenant. 
except if it is broken. Not so in a promise. I'll say that again. For a covenant, you are mandated to play your part. Not so in a promise. You are mandated to play. It's compulsory. So you can't say, okay, you know, I entered a covenant with you the other time, but I have made up my mind that I'm not in a covenant with you again. You have to properly break it, and then I can go my way, and you can go your way. That's a covenant. But not so in a promise. I can, I can promise you something, and something can happen, something can happen between the time I promise you and the time of fulfillment. And I can say, I'm sorry, I can't be able to do it again, so please go your way, I go my way. All right? So that's the second reason. The third reason, there are serious consequences and implications when parts of a covenant are not strictly adhered to. There are serious consequences and implications when parts of a covenant are not strictly adhered to, when they are not obeyed. Serious consequences, serious implications. And guess what? Sometimes, some of these implications are not just personal, they are communal. That is, they are community-based. Not just that, sometimes, some of them are also generational. That is why in Africa, sometimes, sometimes, the level of poverty in Africa is as a result of the spiritual covenant our fathers have entered into, apart from some other factors. Hallelujah. So those are reasons, those are differences between covenant. Please follow me. I'm, make, I'm taking this thing gradual. We are going somewhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so there are different types of covenants, all right? There are different, different types in Bibles and in, in, in our contemporary world. There are different types of covenants, all right? But this evening, we want to specifically narrow it down to the blood covenant. That's, that's our discussion tonight. I'll tell us some brief facts about Covenant, and then we're going to look into different types of covenants in the scriptures. Number one, blood covenant is one of the strongest spiritual bonding. Very strong. One of the strongest, if not even the strongest. Blood covenant is one of the strongest spiritual bonding. One of the strongest spiritual bonding. And this is very important. Oh, yes. Blood covenant is one of the strongest spiritual bonding. Number two, when you cut covenants, spiritual entities are involved and they are witnesses. Actually, the Hebrew word for covenant in English actually means to cut, to, to enter into a covenant. Okay, so when you cut covenants, spiritual entities are involved and they are witnesses. Alright? So if I tell if, if I if I if I make a covenant with a lady and say this is what I will do to you, this is what you are going to do to me, spiritual entities are involved, demons are involved. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And that's what makes it very, very powerful. That's what makes it very, very strong. The third thing, the implication of a person entering a blood covenant is if your blood is involved, your life is involved. That's important. That's powerful. The implication of entering a blood covenant is that if your blood is involved, your life is involved. Look at Le Leviticus chapter 17, 10 and 11. Leviticus chapter 17, 10 and 11. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 10. And whatever man of the house of Israel or of strangers who dwell among you who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood, and we cut him off from among his people. 
Verse 11 is my concern. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. I'll take verse 11 again. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Please look up here. The life of the flesh is in the blood. What does that mean? The meaning is that if I want to attack you, if I can attack your blood, I can attack you. Powerful. As in powerful. And interestingly, if you take it medical or biological, do you know that if the blood diseases or heart diseases are one of the very, very, very serious medical disease in the world. Very serious. That if there's a blood disease or there's an heart disease, it's very expensive. Not just that, it's very dicey. It's very, you know, it has a lot of complications and consequences. Blood diseases or heart diseases. So God said in Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So your blood is your life. Really, really, the blood in a man's life. So when blood dries up, life is gone. When blood is no longer in a man, life is no longer in that man. So we say that man has died. The reason we say he has died is because there's no blood in him anymore. Blood is gone. Wow. Wow. So when you enter into a blood covenant, a blood covenant is a life covenant. And that's serious. We are going somewhere. That, that, that's serious. No wonder God values blood so much. No wonder God wanted to. God was talking to Moses. He said, Moses, go and tell, the, uh, go and tell Pharaoh that I should let my people go. And Pharaoh will not let them go. God made frog. Pharaoh will not let them go. God turned the water to blood. Pharaoh will not let them go. God did a whole lot of things. Pharaoh will not let them go. He said, all right, all right, I understand. I understand the joke. I understand what he's doing. Listen to me. I have just only one last card and I'm going to strike it and immediately I strike it, that's the deal. That's everything will be over. He said, now listen, tell the people of Israel, let them kill a lamb, we're going to come there very soon. Alright? But he said, I'm going to pass through Egypt, I'm going to slaughter all their firstborn, I'm going to kill, I'm going to get blood. Immediately I get blood, he will let you go. He will let you go. He will let you go. So, blood is very, very important. The blood covenant. The blood covenant. The blood covenant. Another fact, I'm going to give us two more on that. A person can be in a strange covenant without knowing, but you are not exonerated from its effects. Anyway, can I say that again? A person can be in a strange blood covenant and you don't know, but guess what? You are not exonerated from its effects. And that's powerful. Some of us come from villages. Some of us come from cities. Some of us come from homes or families or clan that they do different diabolical things. They do different spiritual things. And guess what? We're not aware. But they have done it on our behalf. One, one grandma somewhere have said, you this idol, you know, this is it. Oh, please, all my children, every child that will come from the lineage of, you know, make sure you always protect them. Oh, don't and guess what? She's doing it out of a good heart. But she, no demon knows good hearts. She has said it, but that demon is monitoring those things. Our children, our children's children, our children's children's children. So a person can be in a strange covenant without knowing. 
and that still may not exonerate you from its effect anyway i read i read something in the book please listen to this you know some some in a particular village the the there was a british invasion there was a white man's invasion all right so they made up their mind in that village that we don't want any white man to come to our village it's like whenever they come, they will just destroy things. They will take our oil. They will take this and do this and do this. So we don't want them to come. And so they decide to kill someone and bury the person at their city gates. All right? And guess what? No white man came during those, those times before 1960. But you know something that, that that book said was that even after 1960, no development has happened in that village until some believers rose up and said, oh, wait, 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 wait. Other surrounding villages, they have lights, they have um, hospitals, they have schools, they have bridges. What's happening to us? We are a good village. We have been around for a while. But what's happening to us until God revealed to them that there was a covenant that was entered into many, many years ago. We don't want any white man's invasion. And so they had to shed blood and put it at their city gate. Now, the white man is gone. We are free from colonialism. But anytime the government of the day is looking to do development and do a lot of national things and all that. But he will not remember that village because of the spiritual entity. Blood covenant is very, very, very important. Very serious. Now, when you enter into a blood covenant, your life is for the other person's life. You become one. That's powerful. So when I enter into a blood covenant with daddy, his life becomes my life. My life becomes his life. Look at what we are saying. We are saying that, for example, I say, Daddy, please, let's bring a blade, all right? So I'll just cut myself a little bit. Daddy, too, will cut himself a little bit, and then we have a drink. I'll put a little of my blood inside the drink. I'll put a little of his own blood, too, inside the drink. I'll mix it together. I'll drink a little bit of it, and he drinks a little bit of it. We think we are just doing normal things. We are just saying, no, it's just a drink. There's no, it's not just a drink. It's spiritual. It's, it's diabolical. It's a serious matter. Because God is concerned and demons are also concerned. And what we have just done after that experience is that I'm saying that I will use my strength to protect your weakness. You use your strength to protect my weakness. My life has become your life. Your life has become my life. So let's go into scriptures. Let's look at different covenants. God is a covenant keeper. God is a God of covenant. He likes to cut covenant with people. Interestingly, God really, really is very serious about covenant. Very serious. God initiated the first covenant by clothing Adam and Eve. We look at that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. For Adam and his wife... The Lord God made tonics of skin and clothed them. The background is that Adam has sinned, Eve has sinned, all right? So God has pursued them out of the Garden of Eden, all right? But God looked at them and said, oh, no, I can't, I can't leave you like this. Now, so God had to go and kill an animal. Not just that, he had to wait for the blood to dry a little bit and get skin out of the animal. Blood still dripping, I can imagine, a little bit, and then to clothe Adam and he, that's a form of covenant God initiated. Another type of covenant that we saw in scripture is the Noah's covenant, or we call it Noahic covenant, Noah's covenant. Genesis chapter 9, 
verses 1 to 18. Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 to 18. We'll read that because of time. But I want us to read verse 9 and verse 11. Genesis chapter 9, verse 9. And as for me, this is God speaking, and as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. So that's a type of covenant that we are seeing in scripture, the Noah's covenant, and it's generational. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the head which is with you, of all that go out of the heart, every beast of the head. Thus, I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So that's God speaking to Noah, the Noah's covenant. We saw another type of covenant, the Abraham, Abrahamic covenant, the Abraham's covenant. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. And then we're not going to read that. You can please read it at home. Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 15, 1 to 7. Genesis chapter 15, 1 to 7. And then Genesis chapter 17, 10 and 11. I'll take it again. Number one, Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 15, 1 to 7. Genesis chapter 17, 10 and 11. I want to read that chapter 17, 10 and 11. Genesis chapter 17, 10 and 11. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. We notice that the sign of the Noah's covenant was the rainbow. Now, the, the sign of this covenant was the circumcision. Okay? Now, let's look at two or three more types of covenant in the scriptures. We also have the Moses covenant, the Mosaic covenant. Moses covenant, the Mosaic covenant. Exodus chapter 24 verse 7 and 8. Exodus chapter 24 verses 7 and 8. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people and they said all that the Lord has said we will do and not be and we will be obedient. Verse 8. Then Moses took the blood sprinkle it on the people and said this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. I'll take verse 8 again. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. So that's the covenant God made with Moses and God made with the people of Israel. Hallelujah. Alright, we saw God entering a covenant with David also. Remember, we're looking at the coven different covenants in scriptures. Davidic covenant. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 4 to 16. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 4 to 16. That was the covenant God made with, Moses, uh, with David. But David, that was God and David. But David also made a covenant with his friend, Jonathan. And I want us to read that. 1 Samuel chapter 18, 3 and 4. 1 Samuel chapter 18, 3 and 4. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 3. 
Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Wow. I'll take that again. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David. That's symbolic. All right? With his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Please look up here. David and Jonathan were great friends, very good friends, all right? And so David and Jonathan decided to enter into a covenant. And immediately after that, Jonathan told David, he removed his robe, he removed his royal apparel and gave it to David as a mark of saying, now my life is now your life. Your life is now my life. I give it to you. We have entered into a covenant, all right? So a, two people can enter into a covenant. And you will notice if we go to other verses of scripture after chapter 18, in 1 Samuel and then into 2 Samuel, there was a, a child of Jonathan, Mephibosheth. The Bible says he was, he was lame. Guess what? Jonathan was gone. Saul was gone. The father of um, Saul, the father of Jonathan, he was gone. But David remembered. David said, who is alive in the house of Jonathan? I want to do him good. Alright? And so David went looking for them and he saw Mephibosheth. And he said, Mephibosheth, even though you are lame, you are going to be eating at the king's table. That was because of the covenant that his father already entered into. His father was dead. His father was gone. But because of the covenant, he had to go look for his son. So covenants are not just normal. They are generational. They are, they are communal. So a covenant with two entities can affect millions of people. It can affect hundreds of people. Alright? Now, let's look at the last but not the least type of covenant in scripture, the new covenant. Now, we are coming somewhere now. The new covenant. And that's, that's where we are. That's what we are talking about. That's why we are talking about the blood of Jesus. The new covenant. Matthew chapter 26. I want someone to please help me read. Matthew 26 verse 28. Another person, Luke 22 verse 20. Matthew 26 verse 28. Who is there? Of the New Testament. A testament is something as a covenant. So of the new covenant which, which is shared for many for the remission of sin. Thank you, man. Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Another person, please. Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Human. This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. Please look up here. We are now in a new covenant. Every other covenant, every other testament, every other agreement is stale, is outdated, is obsolete. We are in a new covenant. Say this with me. Say, I am in a new covenant. Oh, okay, we can do better. I am in a new covenant. You are. You are. You are. You are in a covenant. I remember one of the facts I told us about covenant. That you can be in a covenant, but you are not aware of it. But that you are not aware of it. Ignorance is not an excuse in the eye of the law. 
that you are not an, you are not aware of it does not mean you will not suffer the consequence or sometimes you will not enjoy the benefits if you know what to do. This is the cup of the new covenant which is shared for you. We are in the new covenant. We are in the new covenant. Hallelujah. We entered into a covenant with God by the blood of Jesus. When Jesus died and shed his blood on the cross, a covenant was made between God and humanity. So we're in a blood covenant with God for those of us that are saved, for those of us that have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're in a new covenant. We are 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 in a new covenant. Please listen to this. New covenant achieved what the old covenant could not. That's removal of sin and cleansing of the conscience. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. I think from verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the old years by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Hallelujah. Please look up here. We are in the new covenant. And remember one of the things we agreed on about covenant, that when a covenant is made, the entities that are in that covenant, they exchange their strength for strength, they exchange their life for the other person's life. What does that mean? The meaning is that now that we are in a covenant by the blood of Jesus, everything God has belongs to you. Everything you have belongs to God. Think about that. That's powerful. And that has implications. Everything God has belongs to me. Everything I have belongs to God. Wow. Wow. Wow, everything. Everything. Can I say that again? And can I ask us to just meditate on that for a few minutes? Everything. Remember, that was what we said about covenant. That when, it, when two people enter into a covenant, for example, you know, um, there, there are some people called explorers, you know, um, um, and some missionaries and all that. Back in the days, when some explorers come, Mongo Park and some other people, when they come into, especially into Africa, all right, because our people are afraid of them, all right, they will say, Okay, now that you have come to our land, how do I know that you are not going to steal our resources and you are not going to harm us? This is what we do, we will enter into a covenant with you. Now, this is the way it goes the white man will enter into a covenant with our uh, the, 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 the Nigerian people or the African nation and said, Okay, this, this village, this is what I will do. I'm going to bring in my resources, my expatriate, my wisdom, and everything. And as far as I am here, you are going to protect me. If any snake bites me, you are going to take care of me. If there's anything, so we are exchanging strength for strength. So when a covenant is made, there's an exchange. My life for your life, your life for my life. That is the nature of the covenant that we are in. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. 
33, 21. He said, Therefore, let no one boast in men. For what? Can we say that again? How many things? How many things? How many things? All. 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 Guess what? The story of the prodigal, the prodigal son is the story of we believers. Most of us focus on the prodigal son. We thank God. But there is another character in that story that we needed to focus on. The elder brother of the prodigal son. Guess what? What did the father told the elder brother when he said, excuse me, sir, my brother just came. After he has spent all your money and everything, and here you are still throwing a party. What did daddy told the elder brother? Who can tell me? Eh? Everything I have is yours. Thank you, man. That was what daddy told him. Daddy told him, I said, ah, ah, my brother, my, uh, my son, why are you talking like this? Your son, have, uh, your brother have taken what is his own. I've given it to him. Now, can you see this land? Can you see that Ferrari? Can you see that Bugatti? There was no Bugatti there. Can you see all of these things? Everything, everything is your own. It's your own. It's your own. If you needed to kill a ram, you don't even need to come and take permission from me. Just take a ram, kill it, and you are fine. Everything we have, all are yours. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Look at verse 22. We are taking 22 and 23. Now, what are the whole things? Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, what is it? All are yours. Ah! All are yours. So, why are we believers this way? We don't behave as if all, are, all is ours. We don't behave as if we own it all. That, that is the owner of all things and we have access to what daddy has access to. And we are in a blood covenant with him. And because we are in a blood covenant with him, everything he has belongs to us. Everything that we have belongs to him. Look at verse 23. And you are Christ. And Christ is God's. All are yours. Can I give us a reason? Please look up here. Why it does not appear as if all things are ours. But we are not enjoying them. But we are not practicalizing them. As if we are not using them. Why? One of the reasons is because, remember we said that for a covenant, because I've entered into a covenant with God, everything God has is mine, and everything I have is God's. So, I have not totally surrendered to God. That is why I'm not enjoying all of these things. That's why. That's why. That's why. By the blood covenant, all that belongs to Christ belongs to me. And all that belongs to me belong to Christ. That's powerful. That's powerful. Ah, that's powerful. You know how powerful it is? One of the ways it's so powerful is that, so when God is saying that you bring an offering, I need to first go and ask God. I say, God, are you saying I should bring the whole salary, everything, X amount of money that I've received from my place of work, I should receive it and say, Daddy, you said I should bring offering to you. Can I give everything? Since everything I have belongs to him. If something belongs to Brogos, 
That means he has the right over it, even though I'm the one taking care of it on his behalf, but he has the right to eat at any time. See, my money, my time. So if I'm watching a particular program on TV and I love that program, even if it's news, and I like to listen to news, and it's fine, but I saw him nudging in my heart to go and pray. What am I supposed to do? Switch off the TV or leave the TV that way and go and pray. Because he owns me and he owns my time. He owns my time. He owns my money. So if, if I'm in a relationship with someone, I just have a normal friendship at work, in the neighborhood, or just a normal thing. There's nothing attached. But I have a nudging that, no, just don't break away from that relationship. I, I don't like, it's taking much of your time. All right, sir. Um, so I would just say, good morning, good morning. No, no, nothing again. No closeness again. Because everything I have belongs to him. Everything he has belongs to me. That's the nature of the blood covenant that we have entered into. The blood of Jesus is our only source of escape. Heaven respects it. Hell dreads it. Can I take that again? The blood of Jesus is our only source of escape. Heaven respects it. Hell dreads it. Wow. Our only source of escape our only source of escape. Our only source of escape. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, forgive my voice, how we pass, how we pass over you. That was in the Old Testament. But it has a connotation in the New Testament. It has a connotation in the New Testament. Can I ask us a question? You know, that God said that I want, to, I want to kill all the firstborn in the book of Exodus. All right? But God gave a very, very serious instruction. Number one, take a lamb. All right? And that lamb, you are going to kill it. All right? And then the blood, you are going to put it on your lintel. Make a sign that looks like a cross. All right, on your lintel. So when I'm passing by to kill, I don't know where which household is Israelite and which household is Egyptian. All I needed to see is what the blood. Immediately I see the blood of the lamb, I will pass over. Let me ask you a question: If the angel of death is passing by, and he passed by a house that an Egyptian is living in, but he the Egyptian noticed, you know, Israel was living in Egypt. All right. So he had Moses when he was giving those instructions. Maybe a friend of his. I'm an Egyptian, but an Israel, you're an Israelite. So we are friends. So I went to say hi to you yesterday when Moses was passing the instruction. And so I heard it. And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. So when I go back home as an Egyptian now, I just went to kill a lamb. All right. And make a blood, take the blood and put it on the lintel. All right. When the angel of death is passing by in the middle of the night, as God said, will I be killed or will I be spared? I'll be spared. I'll be spared. Even though I'm an Egyptian, but all the angel needed to see was what? Was the blood. Was the blood. Is that powerful? Is that strong? Is that strong? Oh, precious is that flow mm, that makes me White as snow, mm. no other fire. Hey, oh, 
I like the Yoruba part. Can we take verse 1? I don't know if we have it. See, what can watch away my sin? Nothing but sing it. Let's sing it louder. Sing it meditatively. Sing it knowing the meaning of this word. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious, oh, precious, oh, precious is the the blood is precious, very precious. Damn white as snow, no other found I know, nothing but the blood. Can we take the chorus? Just the chorus one more time. Oh precious, oh precious, oh precious, oh precious, oh. Has no, no, oh, no order, no order, no order, no order, no order, oh, nothing but the blood Precious, precious. That blood is precious. Please look up here. The blood of Jesus is the solution to every problem on the head. The blood of Jesus brings healings. The blood of Jesus brings protection. The blood of Jesus brings victory. The blood of Jesus silences the devil. The blood of Jesus is our weapon of warfare. The blood of Jesus, heaven respects it. The blood of Jesus. Hell fears it. The blood. The blood. The blood. The blood. It is in the blood that we have remission. It is in the blood that we have forgiveness. It is in the blood that we have cleansing. It is in the blood that we have deliverance. It is in the blood that we have everything plus more. Everything plus more. Everything plus more. The blood. The blood. The blood. The blood. Oh. Oh, I'll give us two quotes so that we can pray. Look, listen to this. Mm. Be assured that there is no sin you have ever committed that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. 
there's no sin. No sin. Are you here and you have a terrible past? As in terrible, as in terrible. I'm not sure your past is as terrible as that thief that was on the cross with Jesus. To be on the cross means that you have committed a lot of heavy atrocities, very heavy offenses. And that guy was on the cross. And that guy still said, Jesus, I know that we have been punished for what we did that is bad. But you are a just man. Please remember me when you get to paradise, when you get to your kingdom. He said, yes, I will. I will. And guess what? Cut out to go. Because of the blood of Jesus, he was redeemed. And is reigning eternally with God now, despite all the massive evil things that he has done. There's no sin that you have ever committed, that you have ever, nothing. Of course, it's not a guarantee to keep sinning. Romans chapter six verse one told us that. Shall we continue in sin that the grace may abound? He said, certainly not. Now. So we can't say because there's the blood of Jesus, I can as well live carelessly. I can as well do whatever I like. No, now. No, now we are taking the grace of God for granted and we know we don't do that but please be sure of this there's no guilt there's no condemnation when the blood is available and the blood is everly fresh as fresh as when he died many years ago that was by Billy Graham be assured that there is no sin that you have ever committed that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse hmm A man, Bikul, said, we offer our prayers in weakness, but they ascend in power because of the blood of Jesus. We offer our prayers in weakness, but they ascend in power because of the blood of Jesus. In rounding up, brothers, sisters, the blood of Jesus is the last card. The blood of Jesus is our guarantee that will make heaven. The blood of Jesus is our guarantee that we will live a long life. The blood of Jesus is our guarantee that we are victorious over Satan, over sickness, over sin, over every arms and every power of Satan, every power of the devil. The blood. The blood. Our, our sure banker. Because the blood of Jesus was shed, that is why we can beat our chest, that we can sleep and we wake up tomorrow. It is because the blood of Jesus was shed. That is why we can pray for the sick and they will recover. We can lay our hand, we can pray for the dead and they will wake up because of the blood of Jesus. The blood. The blood. So tomorrow, by God's grace, we are going to practically be looking at what are the benefits in the blood of Jesus. Jesus shed his blood. What can I gain from it? Because remember we said, for a blood covenant, the entities involved, they give their life for each other. My life for your life, your life for my life. So what can I gain from the blood of Jesus? That's what will be our focus tomorrow by the grace of God. So can I ask that questions and other things will be um, later so that we can take time to pray. I have five prayer points that I've penciled down that I would like us to call on God together. Would you please rise and let's pray. Please rise. First, oh, can we say thank you for shedding your blood? Thank you that there's power, there's power mighty in the blood. There is power mighty in the blood. There is power. 
mighty. There's wonder walking power in the blood. In the blood, kill for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. Thank you, thank you. I've spoken in the past. Everything that I have said that has made me enter into a covenant, even though I was not aware of it, Lord, I ask for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Any covenant that I am in, consciously or unconsciously, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, deliver me now. Open your mouth and pray in the name of prayer. Please open your eyes. Listen, are you here and you have incision on your body? You have incision on your face, you have incision in your armpit, um, you have incision in any part of your body. You need to pray this prayer very well. I beg you in the name of the Lord. Number one, are you here and you have had sex before? Whether with your wife before or um, is, the person is not your wife now, you need to pray seriously now. Or are you here and you have actually entered into a covenant? You know what, what we are saying. You know you were once in a covenant. You carelessly told someone, I'm going to marry you. But at the moment, you are not married to the person or you are not planning to get married to the person. Even though it was careless, I know I can share we were playing. No, there is no joke in the spirit. Though. We are serious-minded people in the realm of the spirit. So are you in, have you entered into a covenant? Whether by food or by words or there is actually a blood covenant. This prayer is for you. Whether it's for you or for your child or for any member of your family. Say this with me. Any blood covenant. Oh, you can say it louder. Any blood covenant that I am in. Blood of Jesus set me free now. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. Close